we continue to hear in our gospel from the Sermon on the Mount, this central teaching of the Lord Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. And today we hear about these two images that Jesus tells his disciples that he says what his disciples are called to be. You are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. Light perhaps is a more self-explanatory image, but that comparison to salt might be a little different, might be a little strange for us. After all, salt is very common, it's kind of boring perhaps, but we have to think in terms of the ancient world. Salt was actually very valuable back then. You may know that the ancient Romans actually came up with the term salary from the word for salt in Latin. And so like today we bring home the bacon, back then they were bringing home the salt. That was the, their expression. And, uh, and we still do use the expression that people who do their job well are worth their salt. And so they do a good job, they, they earn their payment by doing well at, at their job, they're worth their salt. And so, so salt was very valuable and throughout history, even up to just a few centuries ago, salt was primarily used to preserve food. So they didn't have refrigerators or freezers. They the only way to, to preserve meat and transport it was to treat it with salt. And so, so salt especially preserves the savoriness of whatever else, of all the other ingredients. For Christmas this past year, I received as a gift a cookbook called Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. It was also made into a Netflix documentary, which is uh, also quite good. Father Carter and I really enjoyed watching that. It, if someone uses those correctly, anything that that person makes is going to taste good. And we can guess which one she says is the most important. If only one lesson from this book stays with you, Samin writes, let it be this. Salt has a greater impact on flavor than any other ingredient. Learn to use it well and your food will taste good. So salt is really fundamental for good tasting food. And unless we've been instructed by our doctor to limit our, our salt, right, if, for health reasons, uh, it, it's really necessary for just about anything we eat. And so salt is especially good for preserving food and seasoning it, ultimately transforming the food into something greater. And the image of light is similar. Light helps people to see in the darkness. It changes the situation where before people are lost and confused and unable to, to see where they're going, but then when, once they have light, they're able to see. And so that's pretty self-explanatory. Salt and light are both transformative. The bland and the blind can find themselves truly transformed by coming into contact with a Christian, even you and me. So we're not called to just have a private and personal relationship with God and to not let that affect any of the other relationships in our lives. We're called instead to transform society. Followers of Christ have been doing this throughout history. We can, it's especially evident in the grand scheme of things as we wouldn't have universities or the arts or so much of modern society as we know it without the Christian influence that, that these things have. But of course, being salt and light for the world isn't just the task of the big players in, in culture and in history, but we are called to be saints and we are called to be salt and light even in our seemingly insignificant lives. We're called to be saints and to help others to be saints as well. 
Saint Therese of Lisieux wouldn't have existed and wouldn't have been a saint if it weren't for her parents, Louis and Zelie Martin, who are now recognized as saints themselves for simply having a family, raising their children well, giving them the faith. Can we imagine what would have happened if they had shirked their duties, if they had said, uh, you know, oh, we should really go to church, but there was just this big revolution in France against religion and, and uh, we don't really think it's a good idea. If that had been their attitude, we wouldn't have a Saint Therese. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have the little flower. And certainly the, the church would have continued and, and the message of Christ would have been proclaimed, but it would have been such a loss for, for the entire universal church. And so thank God that Louis and Zelie Martin acted as salt in light in the, the simple context of their family. We have that similar call. By being salt and light ourselves, we can transform our families, children, no matter their age, right? We can transform our siblings, our coworkers, our classmates, our friends. We can help everyone we meet to turn to God and glorify him in, in some way or another. And we live in a world that so desperately needs the Christian witness. People are, are hungering for God. And they, they might say that we Christians are the bland ones, the, the wet blankets, if you will. But in reality, it's those who live without God, those who are caught up in sin and fear and vice and addiction. Those things make life utterly bland. And so we are called to give savor to the lives of others. We're called to help them preserve their true selves, being sons and daughters of God, men and women created in the image and likeness of God. The fundamental question then for us is, do I act as salt and light, or am I the one who is flavorless? Am I the one who's in the dark? Because as much as we might wanna make the world a better place, sometimes we too let the world have too much of an influence on us. We perhaps lose our flavor in, in some ways, and so we would do well to examine what are the sins, the fears, perhaps the addictions that are holding me back, preventing me from being that transforming power of Christ for the world. Each of us is going to have uh, different things holding us back, and certainly God uses us even in our imperfections and sins, but he does want us to make progress and to overcome those things that are holding us back so that we may light. I remember a conversation I had with two converts to the faith. Uh, one of them said that he converted in college because of his roommate. And so this guy didn't really have any religious practice, but his roommate was a faithful Catholic and, and his roommate would go to mass every Sunday. And they never talked about Catholicism. They never talked about even religion, but this guy could just see that his roommate took his faith seriously and he knew his roommate to be a good person, to be a, a good guy who, who he wanted to, to be friends with. And so that made this guy eventually want to come to church himself and to accompany his roommate and then eventually convert to the faith. But then the other convert, convert in this conversation said that her path was totally the opposite. She, she didn't just observe Catholics or Christians, but she was constantly having conversations with them about the teachings of the church. So she was ultimately convinced of the truth, not by just observing someone and not by just seeing the, the witness of their life, but actually from having conversations and learning about the truth and learning about the faith in a more clear-cut way, 
So by, by really speaking and, and listening to, to people. And so it's going to be different in the life of each of us, in the life of everyone we meet, but each of these people had Catholics in their lives who acted as that salt and that light. The Lord uses each of us too in ways that we can't possibly imagine. And so we ask him to help us do that, to help us to transform the world each and every day of our lives.